Welcome to the Second Course Podcast, a production of Coppell Bible Fellowship. Every week we discuss our sermon series to expand on what God is teaching us. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Hey everybody, it's Nathan and welcome to another episode of Coppell Bible Fellowship's The Second Course Podcast where we take the time to talk about what we learned on Sunday with the staff of Coppell Bible. And today I've got Michael and Barkef here, two of our pastors, and we are looking forward to today. How are you guys doing? Uh, a little under the weather, but doing okay because I actually love the weather outside. You, yeah, the weather is I'm really enjoying. Nice. I'm enjoying the cool. It's fun. Yeah. And you might notice that we're a little bit behind on this week's episode, but you know what? Circumstances happen and, you know, we are flexible to say the least. Um, so, you know, hopefully this gets to you in time. But uh, like we said, we love the weather. It's a great day to sit down and talk about short-term missions, which is part of our DNA series. Where we were this past weekend, Barkef, if you would do me a favor and just give us a quick recap of what your message was about. Oh, absolutely. It's fun to be in this DNA series and just recognize what it is God has given us here as a church family, how he's helping us to make disciples by equipping believers, both to know and experience the love of Jesus Christ and to make his love known across the world. And we have been big for at least 20 years, two decades now, in the short-term missions. I mentioned that I, uh, 10 years into the pastorate, finally awakened to the fact that one of the greatest tools that any local congregation has in making disciples is taking folks on short-term missions so that we can see together what God is doing across, across the globe and, and not have that tunnel vision of it's all about me here and now, mm-hmm. but rather God wants to use us as a community across the globe. And so that was very exciting to be able to remind everybody after coming through COVID, we talked about the fact that these past two and a half years, all of our short-term missions have shut down, not from our end, but mm-hmm. from the other end because the countries were closed due to COVID. And so we're just excited to revamp all that. And we have at least uh, two of our trips that we're able to go back into this year, uh, along with uh, a discipleship trip that really isn't uh, per se a mission trip, but a discipleship trip to Israel. And uh, just excited to introduce that again. Awesome. Uh, Michael, last week you talked more about local mission, and as we uh, were discussing, you really can't separate the two as part of a term you used of being on mission. At growing up, you know, for me, it was a little bit compartmentalized in my head, was you went on a mission trip, you came home, you got that mountaintop experience, but it wasn't until I was older that I heard variations of that idea of being on mission. Barkev, would you kind of unpack that a little bit, and then Michael, if you want to jump in Absolutely. and add to that. So we talked about the fact that these short-term mission trips aren't an end in themselves. They're actually here to help us understand that God's intent is that every believer be on mission with God right where he or she is. And But it's okay. In fact, it's encouraged that we would have some mountaintop experiences so that we recognize, okay, this experience I'm having here now mm-hmm. is what God wants me to take home with me and spread that where I am, where he has me officially located. So of course, out of that also, we have had over the years those who have been called to long-term missions from that and just recognizing God's call on their lives. So it's not really about going on missions. Mm-hmm. It's about recognizing we've been called to be on mission wherever we are in Christ. Okay. I agree with that. And I think uh, same thing as you, Nathan. Growing up, it was always, are we going to go on a mission trip? And it was the, uh, you know, a couple times in high school, it was the 
20-hour drive into Mexico or down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we're there for seven days, and we come back and check it off the list. I did my mission trip for the, the year, essentially, and wait till the next summer to do it again. And it wasn't until I got to college and realized that I don't need to have a mission trip mentality. I need to have a missional mentality. And to think about doing this and experiencing, like Barkef said, what I experienced on those mission trips, mm-hmm. whether it be the mountaintop experience or not, but the idea of serving, waking up, really getting time with the Lord throughout the day, trying to follow the Holy Spirit's kind of wooing and moving in my life uh, to interact with the people that we're interacting with and helping and serving. And it wasn't until I started thinking that way, like, this is how He wants me to, this is how I'm supposed to act every day, uh, right in the here and now where God has placed me. And so I, I kind of changed the mindset up of going, I don't want to go on a mission trip, I just want to live missional. And when I get the opportunity to go somewhere and serve, man, I'm, I know that I'll probably have a mountaintop experience because I will be away from it all, distractions aside, and be able to focus on the Lord and what He wants for however long it is, wherever I'm at. So one of the things, I, like you said, you know, we did the traditional youth ministry trips when I was uh, in youth ministry, but also as a student. And I can remember taking one of our volunteers on this big trip to go build houses down in Mexico. And when we were done, this was a lifelong friend, and we had grown up in this church. And he said to me, he said, I've heard a thousand sermons in my lifetime. But it wasn't until I went across this border and built a house that I actually got it. Oh, now, our, so good. our so good. mission statement of this church is to make his love known to the world. It seems to me, and you guys can agree or disagree, that in order for our congregation to fully experience that mission statement, that it's almost like it's a non-negotiable in some way to experience that, as you said, on the mountaintop. Um, How would you encourage, I mean, we've kind of talked about it already, but fleshing that out, because you can hear the teaching, but there's a rubber meets the road moment. Absolutely. So we talked about this past Sunday, you know, why go, why send, why pray? And the reality is uh, that not everybody can go, even on a short-term mission mm-hmm. trip. There are those who have physical limitations, uh, and they just can't do that. So, But that doesn't mean they can't be involved in that process of mm-hmm. helping us make disciples as a church family. They can still send. They can still pray. And we want to encourage that. And then we come back and report, suppose you're somebody who you physically can't go. That's just mm-hmm. not a possibility for you. That's not where God has you. But you help pray us out. You help send some, uh, maybe financially help send some. And then when we come back and report to the whole f- church family, here's what God did, yeah. then everybody has a part of that mountaintop experience, which we want uh, mm-hmm. everyone to have. I like what Michael said, again, reminding us that the reason it's different when we go out together elsewhere mm-hmm. is because we have set aside the bills, the schedules, yeah. the phone, whatever, and now together, to be together on mission and really experience mm-hmm. that body life that God intended, yeah. that then we come back and we see how we interact here mm-hmm. differently. Like, oh, this is what it could be. Yeah. And we're still going to have to fight the distractions, but we know what we're aiming at. Mm-hmm. And that's the exciting part. I love that. And one of the things that excites me about us going on mission trips again um, it is the thought that we get to come back and report it. And I love that we have someone on our team, yeah. uh, Daniel, who's been doing videos for us. And he's, oh, yeah. he's just so stinking talented. And he loves the idea of coming on mission trips with us and literally working, serving, but his main service will be to film, to get stories, 
uh, to create literally many movies, mm-hmm. if you will. So when, when we come back, we're able to not just say, let me just tell you a little bit, but we have stories and videos that back that up. So if you're someone who couldn't go physically or whatever reason, yeah. maybe even you couldn't get off work uh, and you're wanting to go the next year and you, oh, I prayed, I've been praying, I gave some money to help, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you come back and you get to see a really 360 view of what it was like and you get to hear stories. Um, it just further shows this kind of family feel that, hey, you were in on this and yeah. look at what you were able to do even though you weren't actually there. And so I'm excited that Daniel will be coming with us and mm-hmm. um, we just kind of have a different mindset on the way we're we're going to come back to share and kind of bring everyone together on this process. Yeah. So that amps me up. I know that was a little sidebar, but that no, amps me up. No, I like up. that because you, you gave me a spring point uh, as something you said. And, and Barkef, when I first came on staff, it was interesting to me that you said something that I to me that I uh, totally agree with, but I don't think is often expressed or, or emphasized. Um, when we would do student ministry trips, we would plan them in a time when new students were transitioning into the ministry. Because not only were you doing something for someone internationally or serving, but what you were doing was bringing people together so that relationships were built. And when I first got here, one of the things you encouraged me strongly was to get on the Belize trip, get on the Amazon trip, because that was going to be a place where fellowship and relationship was going to be built. And so I think there's a there's an element of if someone is feeling in a place where, um, say, they're trying to get plugged into Coppell Bible, they're trying to feel like the family, that there's a little bit of a risk to step out um, and say, hey, you know what? Jump feet first into the pond because when you come back, you're going to find that this place has an entirely different. You have a different viewpoint of Coppell Bible Fellowship. Do you agree? Disagree? Oh, absolutely. I I could give you a perfect example. Uh, Kaylee and Tracy Vansickle uh, joined the church, and within a year, they came with us on that short-term mission trip to Mm -hmm. uh, Brazil. And he's the one who shared with me. This is when I really got to know everybody. So within a week, mm-hmm. I felt like I have known everybody all my life. Now imagine you come to a church and they're a lovely church, they're a friendly church, and you're, yeah. you're meeting people and all, but you still don't have that family feel. It might take you two years mm-hmm. of experience with the, within the culture that we're in to yeah. finally say, okay, I really feel like I'm in here. But you go on a short-term mission trip mm-hmm. and there's 30 of you together yeah. and you're literally living together and you're traveling together and you know we, we call it uh, on the boat there's this ministry off the boat which we're all doing toward the villagers and those who are in great need and then mm-hmm. there's the, the ministry on the boat of the building of those relationships and everybody really starting to understand who we are and what we're all about together yeah. it's a whole different ball game it is it, that alone is worth the trip yeah. well you know in my mind I think about even mission trips I've been on from high school on to college, on to living overseas uh, yeah. in Africa for a little bit. Some of my, I, I, I mean, I'd even say top five, six memories in my life. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit pre-Ali. Ali and I led a mission trip to Albania one time. There's a lot of great memories there. But pre kind of family and stuff, I look yeah. back in my life and I'm like, these moments on mission trips with these people that kind of been, like you said, in my purview, relationships, know them, they go to church with me, maybe in the youth group with me, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you come back, it is lifelong bonds, lifelong memories that you chalk up as, these are some of the greatest of my life. Nothing else does that. I mean, I can think, I could tell so many stories about it. When I moved to Africa, I didn't know anyone that I was going to go serve with other than a couple email correspondents. And then when I came back, of course I was there for longer, it was a year. But when I came back, 
I mean, those are lifelong friends mm-hmm. and family that you could call up right now, want to go see, hang out with, and just talk about all the ministry we were able to do when we were together. So I, I look at it as if you are on the fence at all, mm-hmm. just go. Like you said, jump all in and go. You're going to serve. It's going to be hard. You're going to meet the Lord, and you're going to grow in relationship yeah. with those at our church, and there's going to be nothing like it. Greatest memories of your life will come from it. Yeah, there, there's one thing I just want to add, and it's not necessarily a question. What I love about especially like the Brazil trip and Belize, is there's a cross-generational element. We let 10-year-olds go to Brazil. But when you think about a 10-year-old, like I'm planning on taking my 12-year-old son, but for him to be able to build relationships and get to know adults who are multi-generational, multi-generational service where in a, in, a, in a context you can't replicate necessarily here. But, uh, you know, that's why I love it. That's why I love the way we do things. But, um, you know, we're, we're getting kind of close to the end of what we're doing, but I want to like do a little bit different this week. And uh, Michael, you talk about memories. I want to go around the table and each one of us think pretty quickly, one of your top three memories from a trip overseas to serve. And uh, I don't know who wants to go first. I can go first, give you guys some time. Yeah, to go think. first because my okay. mind won't stop right now. <laughs> I have too many. Oh, you got too many. Well, I, there's one that particularly sticks out to me. And uh, I wasn't directly a part of it, um, but it was a team of. Uh, when we would go to Mexico, we would build multiple houses, and each ha- you know each team would uh, break off, which was kind of fun because you'd build these relationships with the teams, and we'd have little competitions and building and things. But one of the teams uh, had a um, a family in which the father had abandoned the mother and the son, and the son, who was about sixteen years old, was essentially the man of the house, and he had helped all week, all week, all week with the construction. Um, but at the end of the week, it was just such a special moment was when the team lead stepped up with his tool belt, with all of his nice high-end tools, and handed it to the son and said, you are the man, lead this house, it will pray for you, but here's everything you need to support your mom. And to watch this this mother and this son just holding each other and weeping, but not just to give them something, but to encourage this young man to step into that role and say, we remember you and we haven't forgotten you, but this is something special that you have now. Gosh. Uh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Man, I think, oh gosh, there's so many, but I think the one that I, I always instantly go to is when I was living in Africa and I could talk for hours about so many stories. But when I was there, I kind of knew <clears throat> that there'd be, I, I just thought there'd be more than me just going and serving. I mm-hmm. literally thought, is it going to be a lifelong calling that comes from this? Yeah. Am I am I going to live in Uganda, Africa the rest of my life? I mean, there's just these things. I felt there was something else the Lord wanted for me. And, and the first week I'm there, I, we, I go serve at our kids' home. And all it was, was it wasn't orphan kids or anything. It was just uh, kids that we would kind of help take in and and take to school and feed and all that while their parents are working, et cetera. A lot more to it, but essentially about 90 kids were there. Mm-hmm. So we go serve and play, and of course there's a language barrier. I'm five, six days in. I'm still kind of lethargic, jet lag, and, and all you're doing is playing tag with kids, and there's this little kid behind me, and he just he's kind of shy, but then I turn around take off running, and he'd be right on my hip. Then I'd turn around, and he'd turn and look <laughs> the other way. Finally, after, I mean, we probably played for an hour, and uh, this little kid just kind of looked at me with this little grin, and I picked him up. And before I know it, he's climbing all over me, and there's a couple pictures of it that uh, someone snapped. And I just remember looking over at the person who started the organization I was serving at, mm-hmm. 
and this little kid's name is Emmanuel, and he kind of climbs off me, and I just look, and I'm like, man, this kid's cool. I love him. She goes, you know, he's actually, um, well, you know, we don't have orphans here, but he actually is one. Wow. We don't take orphans in, um, but that we just get calls every day for mm. street kids found, et cetera. We have him and this other little boy named Ephraim. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. And I just felt it right then and there. I was like, oh, boy, uh, this kid's going to be my family. You know, my yeah. family adopted me. They've adopted other kids. And I thought, is it my turn to adopt? And I literally mm-hmm. email my parents and say, let's talk. And the conversation went like this. Either he's my brother or he's my son. Wow. I'll give you all the chance to decide. Uh, by the way, if he is my son, I have to stay here for two more years on his holidays. <laughs> That's <laughs> You guys, blackmail. I'm telling you, yeah, I just I yeah. love you all. But you won't gosh, see me again if right. he's not. Right. Yeah. And so long story short, I... They, they, and I knew they wanted to adopt overseas, and they yeah. said, Let, let's adopt them. And, of course, it's a lengthy process. There's a king, and there's a president in Uganda, so there's this power struggle. It just takes yep. forever. So I didn't tell them for months. Yeah. And then finally there's this time I got to tell. I mean, and we were connected at the hit. Yeah. And everyone knew it. And, of course, uh, the people I was serving with, they knew that we were trying to do this, but no one on the African side kind of knew. Yeah. And, of course, this little boy, three or four years old, he couldn't even – speak English obviously and uh and so he had no idea but then there was a day where I learned how to say you want to be in my family and it was the day that we finally got the basically a-okay to say hey this is a done deal we're gonna start this process and walk through it and so I show up at the kid's home he comes running every time in my arms I pick him up once again there's great video or uh, uh, pictures of this which is why I love the fact Daniel's coming to capture some of the moments on mission trips but I looked at him and I said Emma do you want to be in, uh, in my family? And he kind of looked at me, and I said it in Luganda, and I can't remember how to say it now. It's over a decade ago. He goes, uh, his eyes got big, and I said, you want to be my brother? And then he just was hugging on to me and wow. holding on to me. Wow. And they took a picture. I sent it to my parents, and that's a picture we kind of have. It's sweet. So now I have an African brother named Emmanuel Tumwebeze cool. Hewitt. Awesome. <laughs> so wow. it's just a, there's a lot of things wow. you don't know are going to happen on mission trips that you just go, wow, the Lord really had something else planned. And That's awesome. it's just greatest memory of your life. There is no That's top so in cool. that one. but I, I'm sure you could. I'm going to cheat and tell two. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that is because I've had the pleasure of taking my children out, each one at a time. I have five, as you well know, two girls and three boys. And when they hit 10, that was their year to come. And then they'd come with me every year after that. Till we, we had all five of them. And one of my top memories is, and you can name the child, but seeing my child share their faith mm. overseas. Yeah. I did, that's a, a, a parent's dream. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm way in the background and I just turn around and I see it happening and I think, Lord, that's, wow. that's, that's awesome. The other is I would say, and I've experienced this everywhere we've traveled, Dominican Republic, um, Russia, Armenia, uh, Belize, and in particular in uh, Brazil. That moment, uh, as well as Zambia, when I'm worshiping, we're all worshiping together mm-hmm. with those uh, indigenous folks, and hear them singing the exact same praise songs. Yeah every tribe and tongue, I, I am absolutely transported mm. into eternity where every tribe and tongue is worshiping the Lord. 
So uh, um, that's just that's cool. It, uh, yeah, all I have to do is think about that, and I got transported. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, with you. you know what? The good news is we can transport these people who are listening to any one of those trips because we got several coming up. We've got Belize in January. We've got Brazil next summer. We've got the Israel trip. Um, if you're interested in that, we've got information here at the church. You know, you can email us at the same email we use for this podcast: info at coppellbible dot org. Uh, just if you want to go, we will get you there. We will open the doors. We will help you pave the way uh, to get you on this trip because it is life changing. Any one of these, so well. Um, and real quick, make no mistake: it is you are going to serve. You are going. You are to going work, to serve. It's not. It's going to be. You got to know. It's yeah. It's not a vacation. It'll be fun. There'll be memories. Yeah. It'll be hard, but that's where you trust the Lord and yep. you just let Him move through you and you experience Him like. You maybe never. You, have you'll before. be worn out in the evening, but it'll be that good kind of worn out. Yeah, the good out. kind yeah. of worn out where you sleep. <laughs> sleep will come easy. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening um, and hanging with us. This was a little bit of a longer one, but I love the conversation. It was awesome to do. Um, if you have any questions, you have any comments, if you have any things you want us to talk about, please, please email us at info at coppellbible.org. And I checked uh, iTunes today and Apple Podcasts, and nobody sent a review since we started so we need those reviews people just one we need to hear please we're begging you our egos need it so, <laughs> thank you guys for listening until the next time you guys have a great week and we'll see you on sunday thank you for joining us for the second course podcast we hope you were blessed and encouraged by the discussion if you'd like more information about Coppell Bible Fellowship, you can check us out at coppellbible.org or email us at info at coppellbible.org. However, the best way to get to know our church is to join us on Sunday at 9 or 1045 a.m. We would love to see you.